Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Collider Ladies Night. I'm very excited about this episode because I'm a big fan of Britney Snow and also I love your new movie, X. Uh, any Ty West movie, sign me up. So you pick the right ones to work with there. Definitely. I mean, he's a master at this and I was really excited to work with him. So it's a good choice. Do not blame you one bit. All right. So first order of business on Ladies Night is we start by playing with the dice tower behind me. I've got eight random questions. You get Three rolls on the tower and whatever I roll for you. That's where we start at least. Okay. Ooh. All right. We're starting with a number four. You got an easy one to start. It's binge watch. What is the most recent TV show that you have binge watched? Yellow Jackets. I I really liked that. I I was I was I was in. I was a whole I was I went in and like to the I wanted to know the theories. I went into like chat rooms. I did I did the whole thing. All right, now I have to ask you two follow-up questions. First, who is your favorite yellow jacket? Um, I mean, I think for personal reasons, I'm going to say Lottie. I think she's she's really good. I mean, she killed a bear. Why? We don't know. Um, I also really like Misty. I think just think she's just so weird. And um, I mean, Christina Ricci also is just, I love her. Legend. That whole ensemble is something else. All right, second question. You said you go into theories. What's your your favorite theory thus far that you hope pans out? Um, I think my favorite theory is that Misty might have killed Travis. I'm. I think. I think she's like done something. I think she's done some killing. We don't know yet how, but but I think that she's up to no good. And I also don't think they eat. All right, we're moving over to a number seven. I love this question. It's movie and TV skills. If you could learn a new skill or about a different profession through a role, what would you choose and why? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I'd, I'd always want to, I mean, this is, never going to happen ever. But I think I'd really want to learn how to be um, 
like a CIA agent <laughs> or like a detective or something that has to do with, I'm really into puzzles, um, escape rooms, true crime. I'm like really into figuring things out like that. And so I've always really wanted to like follow a CIA yeah, I would, they would never let me, but, but maybe even like a detective or something like that on like a really crazy case. Cause I would want to crack it. <laughs> I think this sounds so possible. Now I also <laughs> want to cast you in escape room three and I need to ask you if you're playing Wordle. No, what is Wordle? What? <laughs> you don't know what Wordle is? No, I mean, I don't like, I don't like spelling. spelling? Cause I don't like that. I feel a little bad telling you about this because it's it's an addictive thing and I'm obsessed with it now. It's just this it's this game where you have to guess a five letter word and you only get one per day and it tells you when you guess a word which letters are the correct letters in the word and it tells you if they're in the correct position and you need to like use the clues to figure out what the word of the day is. Ooh. Okay. I like when there's clues. Yeah. Um I don't like I don't like like Crossword puzzles, you know, in that way, because I don't like spelling, but I, but any time that there's clues, they can. Give it a try. Give it a try. All right. We've got roll number three now. All right. We're wrapping up on a number two. So number two is high, low. Can you give us one audition high and one audition low? And then maybe what you learned from that low. Oh my gosh. Um, how much time do you have? I have so many low stories about auditions. Um, I'm a really bad auditioner. And um, it's just such an unnatural process to have just one chance to, and your adrenaline kicks in and, and then I start like psychoanalyzing, you know, things. And um, there was one time that I, that I tried out for, for something, and this was a, a long time ago, but um I ended up doing the scene and I kind of like butchered it. Um, and then I tried to do it again. And the director said, okay, that one wasn't bad. And I said, so the other one was, and he was like, it wasn't great. And so then I just said, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to leave the room. So um, I just, I ended up just leaving. He said it in like a, in a funny way, but um, it was, it was a pretty, pretty uh, sad sad day for me to be excused, you know, from the room. But, um, I think the, an audition high, um, my audition for American dreams when I was 15 years old, I ended up auditioning for it and getting it in the room. And that never happens. Um, they told me I got the job at the end of my read and I keep waiting for that to happen to me again. <laughs> and it's, it'll probably never happen again, but it, that was definitely, um, something I'll always remember as a, as a kid. And I guess what I've learned from both of them is, um, don't have too much coffee before an audition. My nerves are already crazy. Like I don't want my, my adrenaline to go too, too much. Um, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, I'm, I'm going through this now where people are auditioning and it's just so not that big of a deal. And I think that's what I've definitely learned. Ah, you're going through it because are you casting your movie? Mm -hmm. That's so exciting. Let's get into the meat of it now. I always, I always start here with everybody. What is the movie, the performance, personal experience, you name it, that first made you wake up one morning and say, I absolutely have to be an actor and nothing else? My mom started taking me to plays when I was really young. And I guess 
there's a story about me watching, I don't know, some play and, and actually performing back the play to the audience in the, in the aisle. And that's what my mom said. She, she knew that I should be an actress because I wanted everyone to be looking at me instead of the play, which sounds actually pretty terrifying and, and, and cause for concern not to be an actress, but maybe, um, some better help. But I, I think, um, I think the movie probably, I was really obsessed with, um, Meg Ryan movies when I was little. And I think that she just was sort of this, I don't know, beacon of what, what a woman should be like, what like an adult woman was. And so I, I just, I remember being really young and, and thinking to myself, if I had a personality like Meg Ryan, then everything will be okay. <laughs> she just doesn't seem like she has any problems. And um, I just, I don't know why I, I was, I was really into that. I feel like you're not the only person out there who's thought that. <laughs> She was just so likable and lovely. Couldn't agree more. All right. So it is one thing to say, I want to be an actor, but it's another to, I guess, really feel like, like you're doing it and you have a chance to go the distance. So I know it's never easy in this industry, but was there any early project that kind of, I, don't know, I guess, significantly contributed to giving you some confidence in yourself? Something that made you say like, I'm here and I'm really doing it now. Um... I think, I think being on American Dreams was, I was 15 when I got that. And, um, I think I was, I was in a zone then that I felt really good about. And I pretty much started doing movies around that time. And, um, I also feel like Hairspray was, was sort of that moment for me too, where I was with people that I regarded and everyone regards as, as icons. And, and I felt connected to the environment and I felt like I hopefully deserved to be there and that was I was only 21 so I felt um yeah I felt like I was in the right place at the right time so going back to American Dreams briefly I always really love covering you know bumps in the road and how we overcame them and you were just so young when that show came to a close and I just know how I reacted to things when I was that age so how how do you go about you know, accepting the disappointment of a show that I assume you loved coming to a close and just, you know, holding tight to a drive and positivity, knowing that you could forge forward after that. Yes, I I felt when I was that young that I didn't have a sense of, of that, I don't think, because the show ended at 18 years old. And I think you feel invincible when you're at 18. I mean, not that I wasn't really, really upset but I didn't know what was to come either on the other side I felt um I, I also don't think that since I had any awareness of how special and how lightning in a bottle that whole experience was um I now look back and just think that that show was such a ahead of its time and and I felt you know I felt really lucky to be on it then but I feel even more lucky to have been on it now because I shows like that don't come along very often. So I'm almost glad that I didn't know or else I would have been really, really upset. <laughs> and also you had so many wonderful things that came after it. So I imagine it kind of just breezed right into the next thing. 
I actually did want to touch on one other little bump in the road because I am obsessed with horror and this movie hit theaters at just like the absolute perfect age for me. And to be honest, I think it got a little bit of, I guess, too harsh criticism. It's prom night. (laughs) So I'm just curious from the behind the scenes perspective of that for, for you building a feature film career. What is it like trying to manage expectations when something like that happens? And how do you kind of, I guess, separate yourself and your work from the movie's reception overall, which I imagine is hard to do, but at least to me, it feels necessary. Yes. I mean, once again, I'm really glad that I was at an age where there were so many other things that I was worried about, um, as opposed to what critics thought of me. I was 21 and maybe turning 20, yeah, 21. And um, I don't know, I I really didn't care um, about what the critics said, which I, you know, now in hindsight, I I think I would, as you know, in my thirties, I care a lot more, I think. But um, I knew that it did really well at the box office. I knew that it was the number one movie for many, many weeks. And I knew going into doing prom night that it wasn't going to be Schindler's List. So I, (laughs) I think that, you know, there's a way of, of making an experience feel like it was more about the experience than the result. And I did feel like that with prom night. I made one of my best girlfriends in that movie, um, who was in my wedding and, um, a lot of good came from that. And so I guess it was a lesson also in not caring about the results of something. Well, that gives me a perfect segue, considering what you just brought up about making a friend to Pitch Perfect now, because that that movie is something special and clearly sparked something special as it evolved into a franchise that is very beloved. So was there a particular moment on the set of the very first Pitch Perfect movie where you just kind of stopped and said to yourself, like, I can feel it. We have something special here that's unlike anything else I've done before or anything else out there for that matter. Definitely. I, I remember feeling that when I read the script, actually, I, I remember reading it and actually audibly laughing out loud, which is the marking of a really good script because usually, you know, you tuck, chuckle or something, but, but when I'm laughing, um, I, I really wanted to do it. I, I was the last person cast and I was like writing letters and I was calling people and I was just, I was so, I was like, I'll play any part. I'll do anything. Um, and I, I think because I was so invested, I knew in my heart that it was going to be something special because it was really smart. But then when we were on set and everyone fit their roles so well, and we all just really gelled together and we're very connected to the people that we played, um, in terms of almost, there was a lot of, uh, overlap. I think, um, I think I did know that it was going to be something really special. And that was my first thing back after taking a long time off really of acting. And so, um, I was just grateful to be there. I mean, every morning I was just like, just grateful and excited to, to be a part of it. Do you mind me asking why you felt the need to take that time off and then what you gained from that period of time away from the industry? Sure. Yeah. I I took a year off from 23 to 24. And then I did this show called Harry's Law. But then um, 
I ended up that that was kind of a, a, a strange show for me unfortunately my fault and um I think that I was I was just coming back from that year-long break and I felt like I needed to take that time because I grew up as a kid actor my mom started me when I was a baby and I never even knew what I liked or I never knew how to take care of normal 23 year old things and um I, I needed to just put myself first and it was a really informative year and um, and something that I was, it was really helpful for my health. And so then coming back, it was like relearning how to be an actor again. And I was just so grateful that I, that I got pitch perfect because it was the perfect thing to make me fall in love with acting again. So that answer is making me think of the short film that you directed, which I just watched before this and job very well done. It has me mighty excited for your directorial debut. Um, with that, it also makes me wonder, having grown up in the industry, if you could give one vital piece of advice to a really young up-and-coming star to make the most of the experience, what would it be? I remember when I was on this movie called Finding Amanda, um, This uh, this it was a movie with Matthew Broderick, and I was playing a, a prostitute, and it was a pretty like intense role for me, and I remember the director, Peter, pulling me aside and saying, um, you really need to just have fun. Just have fun. And I, at that point, was just so, you know, I, I needed to be an actress and I needed to like, you know, you know, really be into it and learn my craft and perfect all these things. And I forgot to just have fun and let go a little. And I think if I could go back in time and tell myself that, to really appreciate it, to really have fun and be so grateful that we even get to do this for a living. Um, I would definitely say that to myself. And so I would say that to other young actors as well. I like that. I need to remind myself that every once in a while, very type A. So yeah. I feel like that mentality speaks to me quite a bit. Same. Very much same. Mm -hmm. All right, let's get into X here, which I'm very excited about. So the script for X comes your way. Was there anything about the project that made you think this would be a really good thing for me to do right now in particular? You know, an itch to jump back into the genre, something it would let you try for the first time that you think, think you needed, anything like that? Definitely all of those things. I think the script came at a perfect time for me. I was itching to work because it was COVID and, um, and we were kind of in this place of, needing to have an escape, needing to have fun, needing to feel connected to something that was exciting. And so I got the script. It was A24, it was Ty West, it was Braun. And I knew that the the material was going to be elevated in a way where it wasn't going to be just a horror film. It was going to be something that was a that was going to be taken, you know, with with serious hands. And so um I, I also was a little intimidated because the whole movie was about sex and and this character was so confident. And um, at the same time, there was this kind of feeling that I had where I, I needed to do that for me. And I was really proud of myself that I, that I could do it. And so, yeah, it came at the perfect time and I'm really glad that I, I did it. I don't think we talk about this nearly enough. When you are making a movie about making an adult film, what is something that Ty or someone else on set can do for you that makes you feel safe and comfortable in that kind of environment, working with that kind of material? 
I think I felt safe because there was so much consideration and care about every single shot in that movie. Nothing was shown that wasn't talked about at length beforehand. Nothing was off the cuff. Um, everything was very, very methodical in terms of why we were showing this, how we were going to film it. There was an intimacy coordinator on set, Tandy Wright, who we worked really closely with, who was an angel, and made sure that everything was based in character and not gratuitous sort of shock and awe. And um, I think that was necessary for me to do it, to, to do the movie. And Ty was really at the forefront of making sure that all the, everyone, even the, the females and, and men in the movie felt comfortable. Ty is hands down one of my favorite out there for so many reasons, but the the time and care he puts into, you know, making sure every shot is saying something important and taking care of his company is something that I always love hearing about. Definitely. I also love hearing about the value of a good scene partner. So was there ever a time on X where a scene partner helped you access something in your own character that you wouldn't have been able to get to without them? Oh, definitely. I, I mean, I have to to you know, give a shout out to Scott for being the best on-screen boyfriend um, because those scenes were hard and we were in compromising situations and um, without him being so uh, gracious and, and such a gentleman and making sure I was comfortable at every point, um, I couldn't feel as confident as I could to be Bobby Lynn. And um, we both just had fun. I mean, we were laughing the whole time. It's it's absurd what we're doing in this movie. We look absurd. And so I think that having that sort of person to kind of check ourselves of, of, of not taking ourselves too seriously was um, really important for me. Not to turn this into a review of the movie, but I understand some of it's heightened. But I think one of the things that shocked me about X the most is like the truth and the thematic resonance in it. I guess I didn't I didn't really expect to go into a movie that had so much to say about aging mm-hmm. where it like it kept me up at night and it made me consider things that I wouldn't have considered if I hadn't seen this wild Ty West movie. Mm-hmm. That was one of my first conversations with Ty. I think our first um, call I said, so you did a movie about the fear of getting older. I feel that, you know, I think everyone feels that I have. I have aging parents and I'm getting older, you know, and there is always that fear of like, am I doing enough? Am I living my life to its fullest potential? And, um, and I think the juxtaposition of these two groups of people, one at the beginning, one at the end and how that collides, I think is something that nobody's done in a horror movie before. Yeah, I, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. I'm very impressed by it. All right, I'm going to put up the spoiler warning now, even though I don't think this is being treated like a spoiler, but I wanted to reverse the scene partner question because I can't imagine what it must be like for Mia having to do that performance with all that prosthetic work. So for you as her scene partner, is there anything that you were able to do for her to make it easier when she was kind of carrying that around all day? Definitely. I think, you know... Not, I mean, I I don't want to get into Mia's process because that's her her own process and and something that I greatly respected. But But I think we all kind of just instinctually knew 
that we couldn't talk to Mia. Like, not that we couldn't, but just that we weren't going to talk to Mia because we couldn't even see her within that makeup. We It didn't even look like our friend. So I think all of us kind of made sure that we treated Mia like an old woman. I mean, we like pulled out chairs for her. We like made sure she was okay. Like it, we started to actually like, it started to really trick our minds because we started treating her like a 90 year old woman. And we would, we completely forgot that Mia was probably fine. You know, I feel like because I saw this movie before most people, like I went in not knowing that she was playing two roles and it took me a really long, I can't believe how long it took me to catch on and realize that was her. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it doesn't even look like her. You can't, you can't see her body movements either. It's very surreal. All right. So here's a big spoiler question for you, because I feel like it's almost an honor in this movie to get death by alligator. It's just, it's teased so often and becomes one of the ultimate guessing games in this movie. And then it gets to be your moment. So can you give us maybe a, like a little tidbit of movie magic on what it takes to die on screen that way? Well, it was a process. Weirdly enough, there was there was death by alligator rehearsals and something that I cherish because it's on my iPhone now um, of, of me getting eaten by a fake alligator over and over and over again. Um, it hurts. I mean, the teeth are not squishy. They are hard teeth. Um, and making sure the physicality of, of rolling was was something that I had to kind of learn how to do too. I'm originally from Florida, so death by alligator, I feel like I represented where I'm from accurately. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but but I felt very uh, proud that that was my death scene. Wait, so I need to backtrack now because I kind of assumed that a lot of that was done in post. So are you working with, with like, a, like a fake alligator or something and actually physically going through all of that? I mean... Yes, there is a fake alligator. Um, obviously, there's not a real alligator, but but um, there was different types of alligators. There was there was one that was going to eat me. There was one that was going to roll me, and then the stunt double that did actually like that, like super rolling. Um, but yes, it was mechanical alligator work. I love visual effects, but sometimes when it's there on set in the flesh, it's just like you can't replicate that. I got one more big spoiler question for you and uh, apologies in advance because I feel like this is kind of like a Mia question, but I kind of just wanted to ask your interpretation of the end of the movie because it's something that I can't quite shake. In your, in your opinion and the way that you read the story, do you think that Maxine leaves this whole scenario with, I guess, like a, like a sense of strength and even more determination to live the life of her dreams? Or, like, ultimately, is it a cycle that will lead her right back to a Pearl-like scenario? Hmm. I mean, I guess that's the question the movie poses, right? Is, big square alert, but um, is that are we just all a product of, our environment of, are we just a product of our disappointments? And are we going to age into that fear? And will that fear overtake us? Um, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I like to think that she makes it out of there, but it doesn't seem likely. It seems like it's, it's a perpetual cycle. And I do kind of like to imagine that Mia and 
pearl are one in the same. I know that's not Mia's process, but but I I do like to view them as the same person, soul. I got those vibes at the end, but I still appreciate the movie making me think about that because it motivates me not to go down that path. And if I can't do that for myself, I'm glad I have movies to do that for me. That's very cool. Yes, definitely. All right. So we always end ladies night with a second game. And for obvious reasons, I have a round of would you rather for you. They are all filmmaking related. Would you rathers? Okay. So given what Mia goes through in the movie, I have to start here. Would you rather do motion capture or wear a ton of prosthetics? Motion capture. No. Mm. I don't know. There's something really interesting about the prosthetics because I would imagine you really feel that character and that could be really cool. Um, Maybe prosthetics. I'm going to change my answer. All right. I like that. You go for it. Here's my favorite would you rather question. It's a little silly. Would you rather have to fake sneeze or fake vomit in a scene? Ooh. Um, I think I'd rather fake sneeze. Of course. Um, I don't know. I, I've never had to fake sneeze or fake vomit, really, luckily. And I've never thought about that question. Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> Here's another uh, fake activity question. Would you rather have to fake wake up in a scene or fake drive in a scene? Mm. I just did a movie... Um, a couple of months or a couple of months ago in, in um, Utah and it's a Vince Vaughn movie. And he, I had to wake up in this scene and he was like, you know, the thing I can't do a Vince Vaughn impression, but just imagine that I can, but he was like trying to teach me how to wake up accurately. And I realized when he was trying to tell me that, that maybe I've never known, I wake up all the time in movies and I guess I don't know how. So now I'm kind of in my head about it. I guess Vince Vaughn didn't, think that I woke up well. So um, I think I'm going to fake drive. <laughs> I think about that often. It's always, uh, it's like the simplest daily activities that I feel like are the most difficult to, to you know, imitate realistically. Definitely. I always, I always um, in movies can tell when people aren't fake driving well, though. You can, I mean, everyone really can. It's like when they're just doing that and they're not moving it. <laughs> Those moments give me maximum anxiety. Here's a horror one for you. I love this question too. Would you rather play the killer in a slasher movie or get a really gnarly death scene? Oh, I would so much rather be the killer. I'm, I'm, I can't wait to play a killer in a movie. I'm, that's a goal of mine for sure. I will be first in line to see it when you do that. I want to see that happen. I will end on a serious one for you, or a more serious one than those. Would you rather have to watch dailies every single day on set or never get to see a stitch of footage until the final cut? Oh, never get to see... Am I directing or am I acting in it? I thought about that as an acting question. I think the thought of a director not seeing any footage, like, like me scares, scares me to no end. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. Let's, uh... I, I mean, it's completely different than than having to direct it I in acting in it I'm totally fine with never seeing myself I sometimes don't even watch the the premiere I usually go get a drink with my friends while it's happening um if I watch myself too much I start getting really judgmental of myself <laughs> as someone who does the same thing I understand but you should be very proud of x and a lot of the things that you've accomplished over the course of your career thank you so much for revisiting some of it with us on ladies night it's much appreciated thank you for having me this was fun
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.